Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? It's uh, Tales from the Green Room, episode 156, I think. I think it's episode 156. If not, we'll correct it on the title. What's up, Brandon Hardesty? How you doing, dude? What's up, man? I, I feel like I've, I've been on this podcast more than anyone else at this point. I, I love it because... You're the guy that like, <clears throat> when I'm like, hey, I need to try something on the podcast. You want to jump on? <laughs> You're yeah. like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's fucking great. Oh, man, dude. Big year for Bumpin' Uglies, man. Yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been a good one. I'm really I'm really excited for you guys. I'm so fucking happy for you guys, dude. Like, just seeing all the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, this whole fall tour for you guys was insane. Um I'm seeing sellout tags on every, you know, a lot of the shows, a lot of the posts, you know, like that's, that's, that's the dream right there, bro. And they just sold out the fucking, uh, soundstage for your sweater party. Yeah, man. Fucking thousand, thousand people. It was, it was heavy. <laughs> it was man. really fucking cool, man. Man, that's, uh, so cool, dude. Um, <clears throat> so it was like, it was one of those things. I, you only had a few tickets before doors. You were doing like a low ticket warning. Like, um, I mean, I'm sure that was a really insane feeling. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, honestly, it was like, I don't have fun at those shows. I don't know how you feel about it, but like the, the big hometown shows, like I, like those are like, I love them, but they're the most stressful for me because it's like everybody, you know, it's like people you grew up with and people you've known your whole life. And it's like, you have this thing that you do and that like most people don't see, they see on like social media and stuff, but then they actually get to see it like there. So it's like you want it to like go a certain way. So then you're just thinking about that instead of like playing the music, you know, like it's. Yeah. So like a bit, a big part of that, like, like with that, just headspace in general, a big thing for me was like, if this show gets fucking 30 tickets away from selling out and doesn't sell out, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Like I'm going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Like, so I was just anxious about that. Like it didn't sell out to like an hour, hour and a half after doors, you know? So like, once it did sell out, I was like, all right, fuck yeah. But I was kind of nervous about it all day. I mean, I, I, I get where you're, I totally understand what you're feeling. You know, we had that thing with the, <clears throat> we played the Wrecker uh, a th- couple weeks ago and it was like the big hometown show. And we didn't do our Halloween show this year um, because we were on the tour with Hyrie, but hopefully we'll get back to it next year. But um, we uh, we sold out, sold out last year. Um, and then this time <clears throat> it's really, it's really hard to like focus on, on, the big shows like when you're on tour because you're promoting like 40 shows, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, we, we got to the record and we had, there was like a, about a hundred tickets, a little less than a hundred, hundred tickets left, uh, <clears throat> before doors or right at doors. Um, and we ended up getting, we were like 70 away. We were like 77 tickets away or something like that from a sellout. And so I get the feeling you're like, you're like, ah, dude, this has got to, we're almost there. It's got to sell out. And then it it didn't. And I was a little bit like stressed about it. I was like frustrated. But at the same time, I was like, like 700 people showed up. You know, it's like, yeah, it's pretty yeah, it's fucking cool. You know, like <clears throat> had, there, had there been no, you know, guest lists and things like that, we'd have been a little bit closer. But um, that's what we try to like tell our, our friends, like buy tickets, bro. Like you support and like every time, Every time fans buy a ticket early or they get the show sold out or close to sold out, it makes the band look good to the promoter or to the venue. And it's like they'll want to bring you back and they're excited to push your show next time. And it just makes the whole thing look good. 
Um, so I always push like, hey, buy tickets, man. Buy tickets early. If you're going to go, buy tickets. If you can swing it. I know things are a little crazy these days with inflation and stuff. But, um, you know, but the fact is like you guys put a thousand people in the room. So if, if you put 970 in there, it wasn't going to be that big a deal, you know, but I totally feel it. The thing is, though, is that like I'm on like I got like a five year plan in mind where I like eventually like I want our Baltimore shows to be at, at Pier 6, you know what I mean? Or like whatever the fuck they call it now. Um, yeah, it's Pier 6 again. Is it? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I got to, you know, and then there's steps to get there. But like this, the first step was like, we needed to sell out soundstage. So like if we hadn't sold out soundstage, you know, like once you sell it out, it's like, oh man, we could be worth 2,500 tickets in the, in the market. You know what I mean? Like in re- real, realistically, we may, if it was a bigger cap, we probably, probably would have sold like a thousand, 15 tickets maybe, you know what I mean? But like no one knows that cause it was sold out. But um, <clears throat> the point is like, if we hadn't sold it out, it probably would have been another year that i would have had to wait to take that first step you know what i mean um yeah i mean if you can replicate that you know two or three more times uh you know you can you can fill out the uh the amphitheater at that point i think it's like 3500 there or 4000 something like that it's it's 5000 i've talked about it with my team and like realistically what we need to do is like we need to move up to ramshead live and then um we need to get to the point where we're selling that out before doors like significantly, you know, like we need to sell that out a, a few years in a row. And then like the last year we do it needs to be like sold out probably like a week in advance. Yeah. And then if we're, then when we're ready to make that jump to, to pier six, we just need to get like a fucking huge package to go in there, you know? Yeah. The, uh, <clears throat> I would say like maybe, maybe it's when the time comes when you're, when you're doing two nights, two sold out nights at Ramset, it's time to move up. You know? Yeah. That would be, mm-hmm. that'd be great. I think what, what's Ramset like 1800. 2000 see it's like 16 or 1800 so it's really not that big of a jump it's not it's not we we've we've played ramshead um i mean our our halloween show at ramshead uh you know about 10 years ago we did our zombie our zombie night zombie prom there i think 2012 we, yeah we, we played that one you did play that yeah. yeah and that was insane you know like those it's it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility you know and you guys have definitely demonstrated that it's been awesome to see what do you think is the the secret sauce man like what's the what, how do artists, what do artists need to do to get there? I mean, like it just in regards to just this one thing, like, like the, the Baltimore show. Cause like the thing is, is like, I, we're probably not even, I don't think we're worth a thousand tickets in Baltimore necessarily. Like I shouldn't say that, but like a, a, a big reason why that show does so well is because it's like our big show of the year. It will like, a, it's like it, the branding like is just like a no brainer. It's like, we're bumping uglies and we're doing an ugly sweater party. Like that's fucking a layup if then, anybody like, was gonna do it it'd have to be you guys <laughs> yeah you know? so like that's like you know having like a cool event but then like on top of that like making it yeah ha- really just making it a cool event so that way it's like you know there's people from like 20 different states that traveled to go to that show so it's like it's not all just there was i'd say it was probably 75 percent maryland people but then there was people from all over the country that traveled because a it was like a big event for us and b we put together a slam and package you know that people wanted to see like there's a lot of um, like synergy between us and Trop and and the Jo boys, so like people like you know it wasn't just like bumping uglies with support, like it was like a fucking bill that like everybody wanted to check out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Like the, <clears throat> I, I I definitely it's a great uh, strategy, like getting getting together, like especially like bands like in the scene the scene that you know a lot of people are excited about. Um, it's been awesome watching Trop grow as well. Like those guys are another mm-hmm. band that, that have just been, you know, killing it the last couple of years. And, um, 
you know, their, their record did really well. And, uh, just seeing the excitement of like this new, it's not, you know, we all know we're not new, you know, everybody's been around for a while, but there's a new, um, uh, new blood coming up, Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's, it's across the country, but especially on the East side, you know, there's, you've seen a lot of bands on the East coast, you know, and we'll, we'll call, yeah, I, we'll call Trop East coast, you know, maybe they're North they're, coast. They're, they're East coast as far as I'm concerned. I mean, like, <laughs> For me, it's just like a matter of like, historically speaking, this whole genre has been based out of Southern California. And like, that was kind of like the the model that a lot of people have done is like, either they move out to Southern California to like tap into that thing, or they just try to like, tap into it as best as they can, whether it's like through touring or like features or just like whatever. It was like a matter of just like, that's where the thing is let's become part of that. Whereas like just organically speaking, like there is a lot of pockets around the country where this shit is popping up and you just see it based off like the ticket sales. I mean like Everwild, like Trops Festival is like blowing people's mind because like historically speaking, like the Midwest wasn't like something people thought about for like tours. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, like they call it like, you know, it's like the flyover section. Like people weren't even like hitting it. But like for us, like we, we've been playing with Trop for almost 10 years at this point. Like Cleveland's been one of our best markets for a long time. Like we've known people in Ohio, like love this shit. So it's like we, we've, you know, leaned into that. But like Everwild, you know, they brought out the Dirty Heads. Like they did like a heat. They, they, they're the first people in the Midwest to put on like a big reggae rock event. And people are seeing now like holy shit like people out here are buying tickets like this you know it's not it's not san diego it's not like the la area but like people out here love this shit um so it's like that's and, and it's like it's like that all over the country you know there's people that just like this music and um yeah it's i mean it's just been cool it's been cool being a part of that and kind of like just doing our own thing you know <clears throat> i th- i think that uh yeah you kind of tapped into this here but like one of the big things um, is that you have different communities, little pockets growing, you know, growing themselves around the country, particularly, you know, Ohio area and then Baltimore area and, you know, Florida and, and Southeast and all that. Like you have these, like you have these like communities with that are building and you're basically like conditioning people around you in that area to, you know, to get familiar with these bands and these, these songs. And like, I don't, I don't know how many times I've like seen people from high school that I graduated with. And I'm like, they're listening to, you know, revolution or stick figure or cashed out or something like, how, how do you know these bands? Like to me, that's, that, that blows my mind because they're not on the radio. And you know, like we don't, people don't really listen to radio anymore. I guess older people do maybe. Um, But people my age, like people thirties and forties, it's like, how are you, how do you know about these bands? You know? And it just, it, it just, to me, it's, it's a testament to how much it's grown obviously in the last 10 years. Um, because I remember calling HFS when slightly stupid was coming to record theater in 2004, I think it was. And I was like, Hey, can you play, you know, whatever song by slightly stupid? And they're, they're like, who's that? Who's slightly stupid. And, <laughs> and now these bands are like selling out, Pier six and I'm hearing them on people's playlists and I'm, and I'm seeing people at these shows when I go and like around here, 
when we actually, when the band actually has off and like we can catch a show at Pier 6 or something, like I'm seeing these people that I went to school with. I'm like, how do you know, you know? Um, <clears throat> and really that's a testament of like the, the bands in the area growing the scene and providing a place for these bigger bands to come through, you know, and see that there's something actually happening, you know? Yeah. That's how it was when we went to St. Louis. Like we used to go to St. Louis all the time and it was like bust every time. And then we were on the way out to go tour with Pepper back in 2011. And we stopped there on the way to make a little money. And there's like three reggae rock bands opening for us. And the place is packed. We're like, what the fuck is going on? Like it, a year before, it wasn't like that. It's just, you know, these bands, you, you just keep growing your scene and making noise. And then you'll attract all that. And that's what happened in Florida, you know, like, yeah. And that's what's happening in Ohio. You know, it's like, and you got Nelson Ledges and all that stuff, like really boosting that scene it's wild well it's the mid the the mid-atlantic too is like and i mean like y'all like are a big part of that we're a big part of that Mm -hmm. you know pasadena was a big part of that you know i think you know joint operation isn't reggae rock but i mean like they're part of that higher ed like there's just like harbor boys you know i don't want to forget them um like and now adam albany i'm seeing people singing adam Adam albany songs (laughs) yeah yeah but it's it's like if you provide like if you provide the things for like people live music is, is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And if, if people get to do that, like they're, it's like a drug, like they, they're going to want more of it. So if they get to do it on the regular, they're just, it's going to become a thing, you know? And then it, it just grows and that's happening out here. And, and like the flavor of it is like this, it doesn't, you know, like, like it, it's, it's reggae rock is like a greater genre, but it's like, there's no formula to that shit. Like we, I, like, I really do think we do it like way different over here. Um, it's and way different. Pe- yeah, but people love it. Like, it's still like, it's just, it's fun and it's good. And that's like the soundtrack to people's live music experience, you know? Um, and, and you're right. Like, it's like, o- Ohio has that, like, like a big part of that is, is trop, you know, like, um, new England has it like elevator, just elevators are crushing it up there. Um, there's just pe- like this, there's this whole, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it's, it's new blood and it's kind of like a new wave of things. And, um, it's exciting. It's very exciting. It's, it's great to see, um, you know, cause you've got the, you've got the, the, you know, the, the typical, like the bigger name, like, you know, Cali reggae bands, you know, um, that are headlining all the festivals all the time and stuff. And I think like, I think we're definitely moving, moving into a point where, um, people are excited about these, these new bands, you know, re- you know, in their eyes, they're new. You know, we've all been doing it for years, but, um, you know, and we're not, we're not, we're definitely not new value. We've been doing it for fucking years. And we, we have this career that kind of comes and goes in waves, you know, and maybe that happens for every band, but, um, it's like, we'll, we'll, we'll be climbing, things are popping and then it kind of plateaus and then sometimes dips and then it starts climbing again. It's like this weird, every couple of years, something happens. Um, and, uh, you know, everything that I've, everything that I've seen you guys doing and, and Tropidelic, it's like, that's all stuff that that we were doing back in the day it's just you see that natural process happening it's fucking rad to see like you guys growing and then being able to put that many people on soundstage that's not easy like bringing people to the city is not easy that was that was something that that we actually moved the show from soundstage because um and back to record you know thankfully they opened back up um because the record was the popping place that was a place where we started selling out consistently you know, 15 years ago. Um, and then 
uh, they closed down back in 2013, I guess about nine years ago, 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, we, we moved everything to, to soundstage and it was like the shows were getting less and less attended every year and we're pumping them, you know, we're like, what the hell's going on? Um, and I'm, I'm starting to realize like, fuck this shit's like in the city and like people don't want their kids going to the city necessarily. It's just a harder sell. Um, yeah. and, and when we play a record, it's just like, boom, it's, it's like built in, you know, you still got to work yeah. for it, obviously, but yeah. So soundstage got like, and the, everybody, the, the venue's cool and the staff was always cool. Just like the shows weren't, they just weren't popping anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, you got, you guys are very fortunate to have something like the record. Like, I mean, it's like in your backyard too, you know, it just makes, that's a no brainer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much we we call it a hometown show, you know, just because it's been you know it's it's like thirty five minutes from my house, but you know um, <laughs> anything around here is going to be like a little bar, and it's just, you know it's just not the vibe. But yeah, uh, for sure. But no, this place is full production, and, and they're great, you know. And as I said before, Soundstage is awesome too. It's just yeah, it's just got super weird there for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I, I love seeing it, man. Uh, so let's talk about the record. Let's talk about fucking Mid Atlantic Dub. Um, we it took like i remember when you guys were starting when you're about to release it i was like oh shit we we started working on this record a year ago this was you know september of uh 21 and uh here it is it's coming out and um and you you uh you definitely i feel like this was this was definitely like your biggest rollout for a record of all time um you guys really pushed it and uh you were you were you made a point to tell me that you were like gonna pull out all the stops and like like you were you were there was nothing was leave no stone unturned like i don't care how annoying this gets people are gonna know this record's coming out like i love it man and it did well yeah i just had like i had a lot of um i had just like a, a feeling like i kind of noticed like really it was like once touring came back I mean, like you've done a, so many records with us with us at this point. And, like you've seen me as a songwriter. I'm like all over the place. Like I write like a lot of different shit. Like I like like the rock and shit. I like I, I love like folk and country. Like I love hip hop. I love like reggae rock. And I've always wanted to like do all of it. And I intend to always write and record whatever I want. But like just like strictly speaking on like the reception from not just like Ugly's fans, but like the the community that we're in, which is this like American reggae thing. Um, like just looking from the, from the reception in like both streaming and then the live setting, you know, like the, it's never like we got like, like booed off stage or anything, but like a, a lot of the, the difference, like, you know, like the rock and stuff doesn't always hit. Like sometimes it does hit if it's the right room. Um, the country stuff, it doesn't really hit a lot. The shit that was like hitting, like the reggae rock stuff is, is always like, it's low hanging fruit. It, like if, if you write a catchy reggae rock song, it's going to do well for the most part. But like the shit that was like really hitting was the hip hop stuff. And, um, and then the ska stuff, you know, and like that, I kind of, you know, I thought I started thinking about that a lot. Like the, the common denominator there is that like, it's all stuff you can dance to, you know, um, it's all like, like the, the hip hop shit's got that, like that boom bat to it. So you can nod your head and, and whatever, but it's all like, it's all like a party and it's all stuff you can dance to. So like, what I wanted to do is um, make a record that like just leaned into that strong point. Like to, before this record, like our best release was Beast from the East. And that was like a very similar vibe where it was like hip hop kind of sounding. It was still a little weirder 
where it wasn't, um, you know, like shit like apathy and um, the show must go on and like other stuff. It was just like a little weirder, um, but still like it was like a lot of like the reggae hip hop thing. So I kind of wanted to. I wanted to just make a record that had that vibe to it and really swing for the fences. And I also wanted to like really lean into like this new world of like what we were talking about like the fact like there's all this like really talented shit um that's out of southern california you know what i mean like like these these people that we've met through touring over the last 10 years um and kind of just like make a collections of so- of songs that like showcased all these up and coming bands and like friends that we've made you know and um yeah, and then you know, once it was created, I just I, I was just swinging for the fences with it. I'm just like, I'm gonna market the fuck out of this. I'm gonna do all the things. I'm gonna just really swing for the fences. And I believe in in this record. Like I, I had a theory. I was like, I think if we do this, it's gonna go well. And you know, the music's one part of it, and then the next part is like the marketing, you know, and, and all that other things. Like, what are you gonna do to make people hear it? So like, once we made the record, I mean, we both. I remember like being in the studio and like you know we. We we're talking about at one point, like, yeah, like this is this is the shit. Like this is like this is some some catchy shit here. So like once you make it, it's like, all right, well now we need to make people hear it. So just making all the videos, doing all the marketing, doing all the things, you know, and it's 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 going well. I, I really think um the success of the fall tour in big part was because of the record and the buzz behind the record. And I mean, like, there was buzz behind the band in general, but like when you put out a record that's like exciting and people want to hear it, it's, it compels them to buy tickets and come check it out. You know? Yeah. It had like, um, it has like all the things, you know, like you're checking the boxes, like you, you already had the buzz, you know, and that's just from you guys putting in the work over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, like really going in. Um, you're getting people's attention. You're like, all right, Hey, look over here, look over here. And now they're like, okay, what are you going to do? you know, dance clown. And yeah. <laughs> and, and so, but so you had that, you had your audience teed up um, and you, the, the record uh, has great songs. Um, some of your best shit in my opinion. Um, and the, the artwork has this kind of iconic feel to it, you know? Um, <clears throat> and then it was just the excitement, the general excitement, you know, and then you're, you're, fucking uglies nation facebook group is insane they're fucking animals you know like just like uh just hungry and and super uh they're your cheerleaders man it's it's really cool to see that and that's something that takes that's really special you know it's like it takes it's hard to build you know lifers that many lifers you know people that are that'll that'll do anything for you to you know the people that push you to their friends and, and, you know, they're going to all the shows and like they're, you know, we, we have that as well. Um, but you guys have certainly been a great example of what it is to stay connected and, um, be engaging and, um, you know, get people excited and it's just awesome to see. And that, that right there, you've got this awesome built in thing that you can, you can, you can drop anything to, you know, any sort of, you know, whether it's a pin or a, a new shirt or a new record or a new video or something, your, your fans are going to go gobble it up, you know, because they know it helps you. They know it. <clears throat> it's, it's, they're supporting you directly, 
And I just, that's what I love about independent music, you know, and being the thing able to is connect. With that, like, that's been like, I mean, that's the whole thing. That's the only reason we have anything is because of like the support of the fans. And then specifically like that huge, like family and like fan group. That's, I mean, like they've, you know, they've quite literally like financed this whole operation. Like, and then like, they've also, yeah, like they've helped it, helped it spread. And I just like, I, it's such like, it's like literally the most valuable thing in this whole, uh, like that's the, the reason it exists is, is the fan group. And, um, a big part of that, it, it's like, it's such like a symbiotic relationship because like the reason that I think it works for us is because of how much we appreciate them. And I, I think, um, I just think I just think there was like a void in a lot of ways for like what people wanted like the accessibility you know and just the appreciation like there's a lot of bands that like just they have this like aloofness to them um and and they just like like they you know like separation and just don't want to it's almost like a sense of entitlement like oh we're fucking dope like you know what I mean this like, is supposed to happen yeah exactly like the fans are here for us like you know what i mean like because we're fucking awesome it's like no i mean like like yeah like you know you're the ones making the music and stuff but like people aren't just a fucking commodity like they're they're people and they want to be treated like people and it's like it's like the easiest thing in the world to just like talk to someone and like like show them a little bit of appreciation and and like i don't know and it's like it's something i realized like early on um it's a lot of it too is just like my own feelings of like um, just like shittiness for lack of a better word when I was just like rejected by people like you know I would ask like the simplest thing and I would just be like ignored or whatever it's like well that sucks you know and then you get to a point where you can start like doing that to someone else you know what I mean it's like well no I'm just gonna give you like a minute of my time and like so you don't feel like a piece of shit you know yeah and then yeah. you realize like how much that means to people and then like I don't know. I, I feel like every decision I've ever made since then has just been like trying to make people feel valued and appreciated and included. And it's like, like, yeah, like we're the ones making the the music, but this whole thing is a product of the, of the, the sum of the parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be here without your fans. Like that's something that we've, you know, sworn by free. I remember being on MySpace in the mid two thousands. It's just like, replying to every dm dude we spend like fucking eight hours i'd be on there eight hours a day ten hours a day just dming people back you know and and hitting up comments and replying and stuff because i saw the value in it and i saw that like god i would fucking love if billy joe armstrong was talking to me in the comments <laughs> you know um yeah and it's like you know not not that i'm anything close to that you know, Billy Joe Armstrong, but like there are people that look up to to us like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when you give them a moment of your time, um, that's important. It's important to them. They appreciate it. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's really a bummer when you hear these stories of, <clears throat> of, you know, celebrities or artists or whatever that they're like opposite of that, you know? And some people look mad. You don't know what kind of day somebody's having. I get it, you know? And sometimes, there's there's nights where I just don't want to talk to anybody, you know, because I'm depressed or I've just I need to my shit's crazy, you know, um, you know. But 
I've thought a lot. Of, I've thought a lot about this, and like, I what I think it is is that I think a lot of um, musicians in general like um, suffer from social anxiety. Like, if you think about it, it's like mm-hmm. music musicians are fucking dorks. Like for the most part, like <laughs> yeah. like we're all like gear nerds and and just like introverts kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to this thing, you get good at this thing, and then you get like good at being on stage and like like peacocking and like putting on a show but that's not it's like a lot of it's like learned behavior as opposed like just speaking like about like personally like i am i was like not comfortable being on stage at all like i learned how to like do a lot of things and i'm still figuring it out you know there's definitely like exceptions to that where people who are like natural performers but i think a lot of musicians like are are socially anxious and so like a eventually it becomes like overwhelming and then they lean into just like the aloofness and like the superiority thing as a way of just like not dealing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a coping mechanism or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously that, that comes off the wrong way to to people, you know, they don't understand it. Um, I, I know a guy that's very, very introverted. Um, doesn't really, it's not that he won't talk to fans, but, he'd rather not. And I, I guess he feels cornered and it's just, you know, and I've seen people, Oh, that guy's a dick. You know, it's like, he's not a dick, man. He's just like, doesn't fucking know how to do this. You know, he doesn't like, he doesn't enjoy it. And it it comes to like, there's a part of that, like, uh, like we, we, so we, we were doing, you know, merch table since the beginning. I mean, this band has been playing shows since fucking 1996, but you know, we'll go hang out and all that stuff. Right. And we did that, you know, we started touring 16, almost 17 years ago. And every night we go on the merch table, we're doing a thing, you know. And then, you know, we'd be, we'd be out there, oh God, drinking and taking shots and fucking, you know, drunk guy spitting in your face and high-fiving you seven times and asking the same question over and over again. It's like, and, you know, it's all, all part of it, right? Um, but then, you know, COVID dropped and like we you know, when everything came back, we're like, well, you know, we made a point to like, just stay on the bus and then go, go to the stage and go back to the bus. Cause we didn't want to get sick. Of course, half the bus. And, then you, get, sick and anyway. then you get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Then you get used to it. Yeah. <clears throat> you, get, you get used to it, but it was like, it also got down to like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm an older dude now, older gentleman, sophisticated, distinguished. Uh, and I, I dude, I can't drink like I used to for one. And I don't want to drink like I used to for two. Um, and then it gets harder to, to, uh, maintain the voice. Um, you know, like I've had a couple nights, especially when it's like, when you got a lot of friends in that town or you're playing hometown and there's like all the families there, like you mentioned earlier, like those are definitely the worst shows. Like, cause you're, you're having to like host and cater and like, yeah. And I, you know, so you don't not want to be talking and stuff, but like, yeah, like a couple times where like I'm talking before the show and sure enough, I'm losing my voice halfway through the set and it's just like, that's a real thing. I can't be out there anymore. I can't do it. I just can't do it. And and I would like to think that, um, you know, anybody new that's coming along, they're not seeing that we have done that for the last 15, 16 years. They're not seeing that. So they may see us as like, oh, these guys are dicks. They don't come out and talk. They don't fucking hang out like these other bands do. Um, so that bothers me a little bit. It's like, cause I want to, I want to connect with people. I want to show that we are personable. <clears throat> but then like, 
the way you engage with people mm-hmm. on social media and stuff, I think kind of like fills that void. You know what I mean? It's not like you're not engaging with people at all, but like it's a very understandable thing, you know? I'd, yeah. I would like to think that people see it, you know? Um, the same thing happened for us, dude. Like, like, like it, literally the same exact thing happened. Like COVID killed the the merch table thing for us. And it was like, it started with COVID and then it was like, whoa, it's <laughs> just like really nice. Like not, uh, and we just didn't, go back to it and um yeah that's <laughs> what it is like um but like dude the way i try to do it is like i try to I, I just make a point of like bouncing around the room throughout the night like you know what i mean i'll go out like to the audience and like watch all the bands like for a little bit like like a couple songs and uh, you know like i, I if it's like like at soundstage like i put my like my, like my hood up and i fucking had like my hat on forward so i was kind of like incognito yeah. but then it's like then it's like you're a leprechaun, you know what I mean? So it's like if people catch you, they're like, Fuck yeah, you know what I mean? You take a picture with them and you do the thing and it's like... There's these know. there's these moments where it's like, you know, some of these venues, they don't have proper, like, there's no green room that leads to the stage. Like you got to like walk through the crowd to get to the green room kind mm-hmm. of stuff, like things like that. Or, there, or it's like a big area and you got to walk all the way over here and around a fence, you know? And it's like, I'm trying, I, I walk really fast. I'm tall dude, you know this. Uh, I walk really fast. And if there's people in front of me, like the other band guys, they're not walking fast enough. Everybody's fucking looking at me and trying to come over to me. And I know that if one person gets me, because I can't fucking say no, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, sorry. I'll be like, yeah, man, let's let's do it real quick, you know, do do a picture. And then all of a sudden I get mobbed by 30 other people. Now, there's bands that would kill for that. I completely understand that. You know, we've been growing this for a long time. But it's just like, fuck, man. Like, I, I just, I get stuck and and there it is. I'm losing the voice. It's just, when you got like 40 dates to do in a row, man, it's just like, I try not to talk. I just, that's just how I am anymore. I just, I'm, I'm playing video games or I'm writing, I'm doing something, watching a movie. I don't fucking talk anymore. Um, and I got to a point where I was like, you know, we did this, for, we've been doing this for so long. And I, and I know that you still have to put in the work no matter what. But like, you know, the way that I engage, the way that I'm I'll always accessible um you know whether that's a dm or replying to comments or like sending people videos or or whatever it's like how much more of myself do i have to give like how much more do i have to give to people it's like i'm trying to i'm giving you everything that's how i feel in most of the time um and i don't want to feel like like you're going to think i'm an asshole you know that if I don't come talk to you or get a picture with you or something like that. And I would never say no. I would never, you know, if somebody gets me, I'm never going to say no. But it's like, I don't want it to be something where it's like expected that we, we're going to go out there every night and, and do that thing. It's like we part of the VIP package is, is that reason. It's like, you know, come see us before the show when we're fresh and, you know, it's a more chill situation and there's not I'm not yelling. And, um, you know, I had a, had a girl uh, on the VIP, on the bus, vip last month and she's like she's like oh yeah i remember last year when i when i could get a picture with you and i didn't have to pay 100 bucks <laughs> <laughs> like you can get it you can still get a picture it's just you got to catch me like yeah like a fucking po- pokemon in the wild exactly you find me you know what i mean like exactly i'm gonna charge you for a picture like but 100 percent. and that's why all those years we didn't do vips because i was like fuck that we do this anyway we do this at the end of the night we go out to the merch table and we take pictures, I'm not charging people for a picture, like, or, or a signature, like, that's crazy to me. And I see these bands doing it. 
I'm like, this is fucking crazy. I, I remember being a yeah, real but, punk rock about it. You know, it's like, f- that's ridiculous, you know? At the same time, though, there's value to it. And there it's is. like, I, 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 I think see it there's now. a lot of, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, dude, I mean, the VIP shit like changed everything for us, bro. Like it's, it's made everything like so much more sustainable. And, um, like there's, I, I think a big part of it, you, you're not charging for VIP. You're charging, I mean, you're not charging for a picture. You're charging for an experience. And it's like, you guys, go above and beyond there's bands that make it like fucking cattle call where they are charging for a picture and it's fucking lame um but like you guys are putting energy into your shit like we're putting energy into our shit like we're making it cool and giving it value and like and i I think a big part of it too is like being transparent about what that money goes to like that's like a, a thing that i do every night at the end of the vip is like like i just take like a minute and i'm like guys like we appreciate this. This is what this money is going to. That 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 that. Like, I want to be fucking Willie Nelson and doing this in my seventies. And like, the only way we can do that is if like the money makes sense and we're touring in a relatively safe and comfortable way, you know. And like, that's what this money goes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I saw um, <clears throat> I saw an article. They posted like, "Hey, if anybody wants to donate to, for a hotel room tonight, I think that's so cool. I think that's like." that might be like the new way to do things, you know, as far as being an, an independent touring band, especially in the beginning where you're, you're making friends, you're, you're standing people's houses, things like that. You're, you know, we did all that shit, sleeping on floors and stuff. But like now it's like people are so excited and willing to support and they're so hospitable. And this is like a new way to do it. Like they can send you Venmo. Venmo. Yeah. The fucking Venmo is a game changer, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's like, Oh, Hey man, hotel rooms on me tonight. Like that, it, that is awesome. Dude, so we, I had to buy a new van. So like you, we've been doing the two van things because like we're just becoming like a fucking football team worth of our touring party and shit. So like when we're not in the bus, like we need two vans. And um, I had a van, we were in Ocean City over the summer and I don't know if you've ever been down there when this shit happened, but it was like this insane summer storm that came through and I guess it happened during high tide. But, dude, the city became, like, a fucking lake, dude. And I was, like, driving down Coastal Highway because I was seeing a friend. And it was, like, I drove into this storm, and it was unavoidable. There was just, like, fucking lakes of water. And I ended up driving one of these vans through some standing water. And just ever since August at this point, I've I've had the van in the shop, like, seven times. And I was just having – there was some crazy electrical problem that could not get fixed. So, like, I was going to a show last Friday – and the same, I just got it out of the shop and the same fucking problem happened. So I kind of snapped and I was like, I'm buying a fucking van tomorrow. Like, fuck this. You know what I mean? And like I did and I, I went in and I financed like two thirds of it. I had to put down like 10 grand, but like, you know, I, I had to drop like 30 grand, like fucking that because I just had to, because we had these two huge shows that I needed reliable transport for. Um, and I mentioned it like at the end of the night uh, at Pittsburgh, I was like, guys, like I had to buy a fucking van last week and um it was expensive so like if you buy merch that helps us out and some dude fucking walked up to the merch table and gave us a check for a thousand dollars because of the the new van which is like fucking incredible but like it's just like it's like what i was saying like this the music thing for it's such a special thing to people and like a lot like the guy was briefly telling me what he was doing and he's like he does like crazy like investing and it's like i I just don't think money's a thing for him so for a thousand for him a thousand dollars is like nothing for me it's like that's fucking huge dude like (laughs) that was incredible like it's a lot of money for a lot of people yeah it's like uh but yeah people want to help and they want to like they want to be a part of this thing and they it it means a lot to them so it's just a matter of like making uh 
just putting it out into the universe. Like, yeah, like this is what we need. You know? Yeah. We are, uh, we are super grateful for anybody that, that, that has ever done anything like that for us, man. Like I'll, I'll, I'll randomly get, um, you know, hits to the, to the value Venmo, just like, Hey, thanks for just doing what you do. Like it, it blows my mind, you know, to, to have that, have that kind of infrastructure of, of like caring, cool people. Um, you know, and it's like, you see, I hear about all the bad shit in the world. It's like, man, this people can be so hospitable. And we, 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 we discovered all that kindness, you know, years ago when we first started touring, it was just seeing the humanity, you know, sleep on my couch, fucking you drink my beer. Here's a shower. Like, um, can I make you breakfast? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, the fans are, the fans are definitely the whole reason we're able to do this shit. Yeah. I think, um, a big part of the success in the last year is like, I kind of, I kind of just like gave up on a lot of, um, I was like chasing a carrot for a long time where I was like looking for acceptance mm-hmm. in this thing. Like this, I'm, this is the only band I've ever been in. I mean, I know Valley is the only band you've ever been in too, but like, it's also like, I, I started much later than you. Like I was like my early twenties and I was just figuring all this out as I went along. And like, a lot of it for me was like, yeah, like I was like looking for acceptance because like I was like I wanted to feel like I was in a band, you know, for lack of a better description. I wanted to feel like a real musician in a real band. And I was like looking for acceptance and to be like a part of a thing. And like to me, like a lot, like a lot, that whole thing was like being accepted by like the Southern California like scene and, and whatever. And um, a lot of decisions I made for a long time were like based around that and like trying to crack into this thing. And like just something kind of like just snapped in me in the last year. I think a lot of it was like losing my dad and, and just like, um, just like accepting, you know, cause I think a lot of in life, like a lot of things I was doing, like I was like looking for acceptance from him and like trying to make him proud and like, you like lose that as a possibility. And it, you, I don't know if that makes sense, but like it led to like a lot of other shit, you know, like just like lo- something eventually clicked in me where I was like, man, fuck that. I don't need acceptance from, from anyone. All I need to do is make a living like, and it allowed me to kind of like let go of that whole mentality. It's like, I just don't fucking care anymore about like any of that shit. I don't care what anyone thinks. The only thing I care about is like the fucking fans, like our fans and what they think and what they're going to do. And if they're going to continue to support us and like knowing the support that we have from Ugly's nation and our, like our particular world is what gave me the confidence to, because it was a, it was a huge kind of thing for me, like being like, like letting go of that, thing and really just being like fuck it i'm just gonna be like i'm gonna be a fucking boat in the ocean that's just doing my own thing and i'm gonna be totally independent and just do my own fucking thing and it was it was a really scary thought to have to like wrap my head around but like the thing that gave me the confidence to do that was the the fans you know and like that's not i I don't put that lightly because it's like it's it's like like i have a fucking mortgage and a family like like i have like 10 other people that i'm responsible for and like i was going all in on the confidence that I have on our fans. You know what I mean? And I, I love that. I love that. And we've talked about this before lots of times, um, <clears throat> you know, in, in private or whatever, but just like having, a, you know, having those realizations when, when it's like, you know what, like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to 
you know, change anything to try to fit with, you know, the sound or whatever this mold that's been created or, or, you know, whatever this, this sort of, I think like there's room for all of us. And I think there's just so many, there's 8 billion people in the world. It's like, you know, you can cut out your own little spot and, and you can, you know, grow that. Um, and you don't need to, to get in front of these bigger bands fans to do that. Like there's the way that you guys have been doing it has been like organic and just, and I think that's, you, you know that you're building a strong community that's real. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, opening for, for bigger bands doesn't have its advantages. Of course it does. You know, it's like <clears throat> a lot of times you go to these shows, you see, you see people in the crowd wearing like every band that you know on their shirt. You know, it's like, this is all connected. Um, if they haven't heard of you already, at least, you know, they're getting to see you and maybe you pull away 10% of them, you know, maybe you're like, Oh shit, you got some fans, but the way that you're doing it, it's like, you've got your, you're keeping your, you, you know, uh, you're staying focused. You're keeping your head, head to the ground. You're moving forward. You're not worried about what, what's going on on the outside anymore. It's like, I don't need that. I'm just going to keep doing what I do because what you guys do is, is great. And I'm sure you know that and your fans know that, and you're going to keep finding more people, more people are going to find you guys because of that, you know, and it's not going to be this superficial thing. Um, you know, I always worried about like, we had this problem like back, especially like the early 2000s or early 2010s where we, we like, I was always trying to write for radio. Like I was always trying to write, like, you know, I just, I write what I write, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's poppy shit, you know, it's whatever. But like, um, I remember like really focusing on like trying to write for radio because we got some radio ads and it was like, oh shit, like, like this is like, okay, like we're going to lean into that, you know? But then you realize how fake it is and how fucking hard it is to like stay there. You know, we, we get, we had ads like, man, we were selling out shows. Like we were like, shit was popping, you know? And then it's like, I don't know. And you might retain some people from that, like some fans or whatever, but like, it got to a point where it felt, it started feeling like we're missing out on this thing that's happening on the ground. Um, and people might be overlooking us because, you know, we're, I don't know. If it was, it was, if it was our, our, the way we're portraying ourselves or, or, or what I I think about this a lot. And I it's interesting to me. Um, you know, I think, I think people are, people are fickle and especially like, like in in that world like in the radio world because it's like there's definitely like there's 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 two types of people like the, there's like the fans like what you're describing with like the like the valley who who valley who hooligans <laughs> and and ugly's sorry use your I'm words just, i've never <laughs> and then ugly's nation where it's like those people are like all in on what we're doing you know what i mean and they're 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 part of this thing they're invested and then there's people who like hear Okay, so like a great remember Robin Thicke and Blurred Lines, how like you heard that fucking song like everywhere for like a like an entire year. Yeah, yeah. And then that motherfucker, trouble. I haven't heard I haven't thought about him in fifteen years or whatever at this point. And yeah. it's like I you know, that, that dude was killing it. He was like on every festival and whatever, but like as soon as that single's not like the the single anymore, like people move on and they stop selling tickets and it's like 
um, I was talking about that with someone um, in regards to Reggae Rise of Maryland, um, which was fucking like the coolest thing in the world. Great show, man. But like, it was cool because like, I don't know. I mean, that was like a, like a big deal for y'all as well, like being from Maryland. But like for me, like I saw a lot of people there that I knew that I don't see at shows because like they're not like they're fans of music, but like they're not like crazy fans of music. They're not like Uglies Nations or Bally Hooligans, you know, like there are people that go to music shows on Friday or Saturday. You know what I mean? Like there's like that's like a whole fucking world, like the young professionals and and just like they're just into doing cool shit and like drinking some beers and like listening to music. And that's like, it's the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like the, like that, the festival crowd, the like people who are into like the the radio single that's hot. Like they just want to like, they're not going to like obsess about music, but they enjoy music. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's where, you know, that's what radio is. Like you just described it. It's like, they, you know they call it like fair weather it's like um you know it's just people that like oh this is cool but like they don't really dig into your band some some will for sure you know and and we've had you know we've had like you know super fans since the beginning for sure you know that's definitely i, I can name people right now that have been in, you know with us for 10 years plus um but uh yeah i just felt like there was a I came to this to this decision a few years ago um, where it was like, I don't like where this is headed. I don't, I don't like, um, I want to write what I, what I want to write. And no matter what I do, it's going to come out, you know, super melodic and poppy and hooky and all that shit. It's just the kind of shit I like to write. You know, um, I grew up listening to radio and, <clears throat> but I wasn't going to, make any more attempts to um to try to be that to try to you know i'll still send our songs to old you know to people you know radio people that we that i still associate with to still talk to from time to time and they'll hit me up hey man send me the new track i'm like cool you know so we'll, we'll get spins on radio stations around the country but i'm not gonna do like a full campaign like i'm not paying for radio campaigns anymore like we're not, we did all that shit and we, we spent so much fucking money. I mean, we spent $20,000 in 10 months on no good, trying to get that shit off the ground back in 2013, yeah. 2014, whatever it was. And it was just like so much fucking money wasted, you know, when it could have went into real marketing, doing ads or something or paying people to talk about the band or something rather than putting it trying to spend it on fucking radio that didn't give a shit about it you know it's Mm -hmm. crazy to think about all the money that we spent you know and all like we were never given money like we this was like you know we did we definitely did a couple we did like a kickstarter for warped tour we did pledge music to for the girls record but we've never been like given money free and clear just to like hey go you know here you go guys go you know we've, we've never had that we've always had to make our money and we fucking we've worked really hard for everything, you know? Um, and just the, you know, looking back, it's like the, the team that we had in place just wasn't connected. They didn't have the, they didn't have relationships. We're building all the relationships ourselves and then just passing off work to them to be done. And just, it was just, we just had the wrong team and the wrong approach. Well, dude, that's uh, a whole, that's a whole, 
I, I, I want to let you finish, but that's a whole other conversation that is like, I want to talk like, like there's a whole fucking. Never mind. Finish, finish your thought, and then I'll, I'll see what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. I just, you know, that was probably it, but it was just, I just felt like we were missing out on something. There's something that isn't clicking. Um, it's not, like, for example, for example, like, <clears throat> you know, I, w- I always heard, like, playing Nelson Ledges was like, you know, the shit, and it is. Super cool place. Um, and the, and the, the, the crowd is just nuts. You, you know, the crowd is just fucking nuts there. But like, I always heard like, you know, oh, dude, you play there once, bro. You're gonna have fucking lifers, bro. And I've heard that a few times. I haven't, I haven't felt that. I haven't seen that. It's like it's a different world or something. Like we're not like I've always felt like we're too pop for the reggae world. We're too reggae for the pop world. We're we're not punk enough. We're not rock enough. We're not, we're not. We're always like somewhere in the middle or just not enough or too much of something. And it's not. It's, it's never the right concoction. Um, and, and I've never seen, uh, like a huge, uh, return from, from playing things like Nelson ledges or, or, you know, peach festival, like the, the more jammy stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I think there's a certain, there's a certain thing you got to have to have that. And you guys have that. Um, we're, we're crunch, we're crunchier than y'all. Are, yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. yeah. We've got, yeah. we got that granola side to it. You know? <laughs> granola. Um, yeah, man, it's like, you know, stupid has it, you know, like bands like, like you guys, like you guys, you guys have that. We don't have that. I don't know. There's something like we, we try to be too polished probably in, in, you know, in the last 10 years. Um, and it was just same thing, chasing the carrot, you know, oh, look, fucking radio is playing us. This is it. We got to do this. You know, let's look the look, let's walk the walk, you know? And it's like, not that I was ever being fake, you know, but it was like, um, it just felt like we, maybe we were overdoing it or something. And I don't know, man, I, you could probably go you work, you know, pummel yourself into the ground thinking about this shit, but you just got to go with what you can do now. Just move forward from now, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's all you, that, that's, I mean, it's like, I was talking to someone about this the other day, but like music, I, like this whole thing is like linear, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't like ever dude, I've done so many fucking things wrong and it just, they eventually led me to something that like, and every bad wrong decision like leads you to eventually figuring out the right way to go. So it's like, that's all you got, you can do. Um, I think, um, but like what we were saying earlier, man, like what I found is that like, like we're fucking, you and I are like songwriters and creators and like, we're a big, we're the, the most important part of the music industry, but then there's, there's people in the music industry that make money off of us. Yeah. And like, there is no right or wrong way to do this shit. Like is the one thing I've learned. There's no fucking formula to this shit. There's just like, there's creating music. And then sometimes that shit connects with people. And like the whole like money side of this is trying to like, is trying to like, establish a formula to that like well okay like because it's like it's such a fucking weird thing trying to make a, mu- a living out of doing this thing like it's, it's just total anarchy anarchy and uncertainty you know what i mean and we're trying to like have stability to it and then like it's provided to you like in, in a lot of ways it's like well if you do this if you do radio then that's gonna lead to fucking fans and if or if you do if, you know if you sound like this if you work with this producer and it's just that all that all that shit is just bullshit I, i've you know, it's like the only thing that matters 
I, I truly think the thing that, that connects with people more than anything is like authenticity. Like they can just fucking smell it. Like if you're doing something that like feels right and like comes from your, from your, your soul, like people will feel that shit. And, um, I don't know. I, I forget the point that I was trying to make, but like, we were talking I know about, exactly. Yeah. We were talking about like, uh, like teams and things and having the right people in place. Um, for a second there like you know yeah it's like it's it's the confidence with which people will tell you that shit it's like oh this is what you do this is how you do it and you don't know any better so you're like okay yeah like you know you're the manager like fucking let's spend fucking twenty thousand dollars on this and then like it's done and it's like oh man well that didn't work well fuck you dude like like that's your fucking job is to like know that like and and you just spent my money like yeah yeah it's like there's no advice to like cut the losses five months in and just be like, Hey, let's spend 10 grand instead of 20, you know, like let's figure something out. I don't know. We just, yeah, that shit's weird. I, look, man, I'm like, you, you said something about, uh, you know, the, the team making money and things like that. I'm totally fine. And I'm sure you're totally fine with people making money from your band's yeah, business. A- right. Absolutely. But yeah, pull your fucking weight, do your job, do something. Yes. Right. It's like you're getting checks well, like, every well, fucking week. What's the value? Like, what is your value to the operation? You know, like, what are what are you fucking doing? What and do you it's bring? like, yeah, like it's 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 just it's a meritocracy as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. what what like what what is that check going to? And it's like if if I can't like fucking like wrap my mind around it, then it's like what the fuck? Like, feels like fucking nepotism to me. It's like it, look, man. It's they say that's all who you know. Like, I sound like a fucking old man now. Look. They say it's all who you know, and it's fucking true. It's just, it's another way of saying relationships are important, you know? But relationships are, are super important. Like, uh, you gotta, you gotta fucking know the right person to get, you know, to get that shit on the radio, to get that, you know, to get those big things, you know? It's. But then though, the thing is, it's like what you were saying though, even if you get that radio shit, it's, it's fleeting. Like, yeah. the way I think of it is like, it all comes, the, the thing that like for, you know, I think, you know, we're both lifers at this point. Like we, we love what we do and we want to do it forever. And the thing that makes that possible is, is the fucking, the core diehard fans. You know what I mean? So like, I think every decision I make is like based off, like, how am I going to reach more people? And then how am I going to convert them into lifelong fans? And like radio is a big part of that. Like, We've never had any radio, but that would be just a great avenue. Like the thing that's worked the best for me that I found like a million years ago is just like the live streams. Like it's it's the stupidest and the easiest thing to do in the world, but people fucking love it. And like, it allows me to talk to them and then like, you know, like, like, you build like a, yeah. And then, and then you direct them to this thing. And then that's like a great farming thing. Like, let's just call it a farming thing. Yeah. So like there's, there's multiple different ways of like farming. Like there's, there's for me, that's like a great thing. Radio is another thing like that. You could farm people to potentially do that. Like the support tours is another thing, another way to farm that shit. Like there's a marketing, like just paid marketing is another way to farm that shit. But like, ultimately it's like, what are you going to do with those people that you touch? And it's like converting them to that thing where they're going to follow you regardless is, is the most important thing. And and the point I was trying to make is like, there's probably like dozens of different ways to get to that path. But ultimately it's, it's like getting to that path. That's the important thing. You don't need to take all of the ways. You just need to find a few ways that, for, that work for you. Yeah. That's kind of point I was trying to make. Your live stream is fucking great. Like the, 
I'll tune in sometimes and you, you've got like 150 people, 170 people watching on Facebook. It's like, it's incredible. Like that's not easy to do, but it's the fact that you've just been doing it for so long and it's expected and it's just, people just know to go there. You've built that, that thing, you know? And, uh, you know, I remember back in the day, like, you know, me, I, I, I was streaming on, uh, I was streaming on stage at like 2012, 2013. And, you know, I'd have like, I I was super stoked when I had like 18 or 20 people watching. I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like, there's like 20 people, you know, and make a little bit of money and, you know, whatever. But this is back in the infancy of, you know, live streaming. But, um, nowadays it's, it's become quite more the norm. Um, and as far, you know, gamers been doing it for years, but like, as, I think as far as like you and I, like musicians, like doing that, it's, it's still relatively new. I don't see a lot of people doing it. Um, and, uh, or maybe I'm just not looking, but, um, well, it's weird. Like it, it's a weird thing to do. Like you have to get comfortable talking to yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's super successful if you can do that and you can manage to like not make it awkward, which I think we both do a good job of, um, I, yeah, I mean, I hate empty space. Like I hate going to a dinner and there's no music playing. Like, I don't like awkward silences. I think a lot of us don't, but I'm like aware of it. Then I'm just like, I'll walk in immediately dentist office this morning. I just came back from a dentist appointment. Fucking I'm sitting in there and it's just fucking quiet. And then they call me back and I'm in the back room. and It's just quiet. I'm like, aren't you, can't you, I mean, it's Play some holiday music. I don't give a shit. Play some fucking Christmas songs. You know, like something. You're about to hear this drill, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but like, um, so like on my streams, I've got this cool little nifty Rodecaster device and I can play music and I got sound effects. I like doing that shit. It's fun. I like, I always like production value. That's just how I am, man. I just like fucking doing fun shit like that. And people laugh. Well, you're like so smart with that shit, dude. Like for me, I can't even like, it, it would be like a whole thing for <laughs> even try to incorporate that yeah it's definitely like producing your own show like at that level is it it's a little weird sometimes and i'll I'll fuck things up but it's live television whatever um but yeah i think i think you know doing the live streams uh is is super effective um i saw a guy uh on facebook a couple days ago talking about like i'm ready to take all my music off of spotify like fuck all this they don't pay us i'm like i'm like bro do not do that. Whatever you do, do not take your music off streaming platforms. That'd be the dumbest thing you could do. It's like, this is how people consume. This is how people listen. On the consumer side, it's fucking amazing. You're paying 10 bucks. You know, you're hearing everything. On the artist side, you can't look at it from the money side. It's fucking awesome for artists too. We never made a bunch of money from music. You know, now look, back in the, back in the CD baby days, 2000s, we were crushing it, you know. You know, we were, I remember making like three grand a month on Cheers, you know, when we when we put that out independently, CD Baby. That was good money, you know. We we were fucking broke, you know. That was good money, but like nowadays, there's so many ways to monetize your your thing, your brand, your craft, whatever. Um, and I think people just don't, they're not thinking outside the box, and all these easy things that, that we can we can do, like you just described, live streaming, you know. Um, for one, it's like, don't worry about the money shit. It's like, be stoked that you can, you can send a link to anyone. And within seconds, they're listening to your song. Like we didn't have that. We didn't have that shit. You know, when I started putting out records, like it was like, I'm 
mailing a CD and it takes a week and a half to get there and you might listen to it, you know, it's like shit is crazy now, you know, and uh, you can't look at it from the money side. And I get it. It's like you feel devalued as a songwriter. You're like, fuck, man, like, is it really worth point zero 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 three three cents or whatever? But like, I just tell people like, yo, grow the keep growing your catalog, keep releasing music. You love what you do, right? So just keep doing it. Keep your head down, grow the catalog. It does make a difference. All the while you're with every release, you're getting people hyped. You should be growing out. You should be getting more people, attracting more people. You need to be live streaming. You need to be fucking playing shows. You need to be doing show swaps with other bands in, in different towns. All of the things, man, doing merch drops, like you gotta, you gotta find ways to monetize. And if you can't, then, you know, shit isn't going to grow and you're going to be miserable. Yeah. And, uh, don't take your shit off the streaming platforms. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like you're like, I understand the principle of it, but it's like, that's like the biggest, I mean, YouTube's like the biggest way people listen to music or, or content in general, but Spotify's fucking up there. Like just like specifically music, I think is, is it's gotta be top three. Uh, Spotify is, I believe, is like the top thing, like is the, yeah. the top music platform, I, th- I think. But um, definitely over Apple. Um, Pandora is like the one that's like really killing it as well. But I just know YouTube is like it's like the biggest something in the world. I think it might be the biggest way people consume content in general. It's but, the um, it's the second largest search engine, okay, ne- next to Google, and Google owns it. So it's like Google wins both places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, YouTube is a whole whole other world, and I'm really loving YouTube. I um, ever since I started going in on it, it's been really cool. It's been I don't know. That's another thing is like, not only are you doing live streams, but you're monetizing your live stream mm-hmm. because people are uh, super chatting or sending Venmo on the side because they know Google takes thirty fucking percent. Uh, like they're not their yachts aren't big enough. Um, and uh you're you're building fan bases that way you're 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 well you're fortifying your fan base it's like you're you're people are coming in and you're just making it stronger because you're connecting and i get the the same regulars every week and this this past week um we're getting closer to 100 concurrent like for a long time it was 40 or 50 you know you can see and this last couple weeks especially has been around 90 which is rad um, and then, you know, you're getting like three, 400 views throughout the night. Cause not everybody's watching the whole time. People chime in for 10 minutes, come back later, that kind of thing. Um, but then people come through and like, they look at the shit too, like, like weeks down the road, man. Like that's what people don't understand. You just pointed it out. It's like your music on Spotify, I, you know, Apple, uh, your videos, your live streams on YouTube, um, if you're monetized on those platforms, that's just free money. Like I'm, I'm making money while I'm asleep, you know, because someone somewhere is watching my video. Now it might not even be a dollar, you know, they'll, they'll watch a whole live stream and it won't be a dollar, but like, <clears throat> it's all about growing the catalog and the library and having enough stuff out there to, you know, and it does make a difference. So like when I get a check from YouTube, from, from Google every month, it's pretty solid, you know? Because it includes the super chats like, and the ads and revenue and all that. Past the money side of it, it's just like good content to have out there, man. Like I, 
you know, I, I check all the comments on our shit and like, I'll see, you know, like every once in a while I get a comment on a live stream that I did like two and a half years ago or some shit. And someone's like, this is the best one you've ever done. It's like, God damn, you're insane. Like you, <laughs> are you just sitting there like going through these and shit? And like, but it's, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like they hear like different arrangements of like, you ha- you're just playing a song a certain way at a time or whatever. And it mm-hmm. just hits different, you know, or like, and then like, for like for me it's like my kids like pop in on on shit every once in a while if they're up and stuff so it's like you see like these moments and that's like there forever like it's just, it's just cool like it's 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 just it's cool shit to have out there you know it is man yeah i love you brought that up like <clears throat> like the family and stuff like so many times i'm sitting down here doing the stream and like halo comes down it's bedtime and she's like hey i gotta go to bed i'm like all right baby i love you and it's like this little moment we had you know away from that and everybody in the chat's like oh and little heart eyes and things um you know, but then dude, you as a father get to see that in a few years like and you're like god damn look at her at that age you know i know I mean? dude I, I i was you know i'll do some vlogging sometimes and uh recently i, I was checking out some old vlogs because i like to watch my old shit just to kind of see what i can learn from it like as how i can do it better things like that um man this one dude it's a halo comes running in the room she's like fucking four or something i'm just like oh my god like she's so little you know it's just wild it's it's wild but um yeah if you're not taking advantage of of uh you know these platforms um there's plenty of videos about how to grow your band or how to grow on youtube or whatever how to get listeners how to get viewers like there's plenty of videos about that but it's really simple man it's not as hard as people think it is it's just a matter of like getting up and executing you know i've I've, I've told people about you for a long time now. I've said, Brandon is, and I envy this fucking hard. Brandon Hardesty is good at having a plan, creating a plan, and then executing that plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're really good at, like, getting the shit done that you want to get done. And I'm I'm also, like, a bull in the china shop, though, where it's, like, I'm not, like, I just don't really give a fuck if, like, like I, I just don't take no for an answer, and I don't really care who I make mad, and it's, like, it's not a great quality, you <laughs> know, it, it's a good quality in a lot of ways, but it's, like, I'm really good at pissing people off, too, which is not um, something I need to work on, but it just is what it is. You know, there there might be uh, better ways to do things, get things done, but, nah, man, I... I just admire it, you know, I envy it, admire it, whatever, but it's, it's a good thing. Cause I, I always have like, you know, problems where I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I fucking don't, you know, um, <clears throat> or it just doesn't get done in the timely fashion that I, that I like, but you're always just like, all right, we're doing this. And it's like a week later or two weeks later, like, all right, here it is. You know, this is the thing. I'm like, this is incredible. Good job. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's what it takes, man. That's what it takes. I feel like you're, you're a guy that you're not going to wait around. Um, you're not waiting around for permission or, uh, you know, you're just going to fucking go do what you want to do. Um, and I think that's, that's fucking huge. More people need to be like that. I need to be more like that. You know, you're like, I feel like you're way more of a creative than I am though. I'm like, I'm only good at a a few things. And then like, (laughs) I just like, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm good at is like, I'm I'm pretty good at figuring out ways to make money out, out, out of like the few things that I'm good at. So then like when I have an idea with something, I'm like, I'm fucking doing this. And then I just do it. You know what I mean? Where it's like something I've noticed about you is like you like find something that that like interests you and then you learn like fucking everything about it. And then you get good at that. And like you're very good at that. I wish I was better at that. Like I'm like 
I'm like, I really can only do like a few things and I'm, I'm pretty good at the things that I do, but, um, I, I struggle with like learning new shit, you know? I feel like it's a, for myself, I feel like it's a gift and a curse. Like I, I'm so interested in a lot of things, um, specific things, but it's a lot of things and I want to do all of it. You know, it's like a couple years ago I, I tweeted, I'm going to spend, it was like the new year. You know, you always have these stupid resolutions and you fail immediately. But like, like I'm going to learn Unreal Engine this year. I'm going to spend the year learning Unreal Engine. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's a video game developing platform. Um, so like, <laughs> so like Resident Evil and, you know, all these, you know, there's a lot of games. I think Arkham, Not there's a ton of games, all these open world games, things like that. They're all built on Unreal Engine. And that's how they look amazing and stuff. I'm like, I'll, I'm going to learn this. It's like, no, you fucking not. Like, this is crazy. Like, I've never dipped into it once. You know, like, I've never, like, I'm, you're going to learn this. You you also want to put out records and have a family and, like, go on tour and, like, fucking create T-shirt designs and what? You know, so it's like, for me, it's like, I got to fucking tell myself to pick a lane sometimes and stay there, you know? hobby is one thing i guess but god damn it's like you also got to be i know that i got to be like fully focused on this you know but my i want to do everything I yeah hate <laughs> i hate it anyway um damn man well uh fucking appreciate uh, you coming on the show talking yeah, about shit, think- bro. thanks for having me man um what's going on next for you guys what's 2023 look like we're taking, uh, we got like a, a weekend in January and a weekend in February. Then um, we're doing like two weeks in the Southeast, fucking 311 cruise. Um, oh yeah, baby. Then a national. Um, and then just, I'm writing right now. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm writing a lot. And then I'm hoping to get back in the studio and record a bunch of shit and repeat until I'm dead, you know? <laughs> That's what great. about you guys? That's great, man. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> same. We're just uh, we got a couple shows in January, and then we're doing like a small local thing in Baltimore. It's, it's like two fifty cap, real intimate. Grab your tickets now, uh, and <clears throat> then we're leaving for tour uh, like the first of February, and then taking off. Going to be gone for about five weeks, something like that. Um, we're taking a bunch of bands. We got Joey Harcum. We got Joint Operation got fucking Audic Empire we got uh, Maryland Boys Cloud Nine dude, Vibes. I love it oh it's great Mike Pinto like it's, it's gonna be a good tour man this is one thing I've been excited because we haven't done a whole lot of headlining tours you know <clears throat> like it's always been like support or like one-offs and it's like now we get to like really focusing on doing like the headliner thing next year and like we get to take bands out again and it's like we get to I love I love that I want I want to be able to like put bands on you know so that's one thing i've always wanted to do so i'm happy that we're kicking it off this way hell yeah but uh well shit man uh i'm sure you, you got plenty of things to do today so talk to me um appreciate you coming on the show and uh, everybody go listen to bump and uglies go check out uh brandon's live stream you're doing every what tuesday night yeah tuesday sometimes wednesday if i get hemmed up on tuesday all oh, right on uh yeah go check out all their stuff man they're great they're they're, they're growing you get in now get in now while you can because <clears throat> these guys are the guys are going going places man i'm fucking happy for you it's it's been really great to see your growth bro appreciate it 
appreciate it. Awesome, man. All right. Take I easy, learned dude. it all from you, Howie. I hey, learned it all from you. Hey. <laughs> My son. All right, dude. Later. No, for real, dude. I, I tell everybody all the fucking time, man. Like, no one's really ever done us any favors except for you and Joey Harkum. And Pacifier took us on a tour, too, which was really cool, too. But other than that, like, I've learned infinite shit from you. You've been just like an infinite well of knowledge, and I just really appreciate it. Ah, dude. You know I love this shit. I love you guys. <clears throat> cool, man. Well, uh, take it easy. Have a wonderful day. All right, brother. Later, everybody. This has been episode number 156, I think, of Tales from the Green Room podcast. And uh, go buy my shit, HowieSpangler.com. Go buy Ballyhoo shit, BallyhooRocks.com. Go buy tickets. We got VIP packages, all the fun stuff. Um, and we'll see you real soon, man. It's almost Christmas. Woo. Oh, shit. All right, later. <laughs>